Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Welcome back, Budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here, and alongside me, my partner on the airways, as always, it's Sarah Jones. Hi, Sarah. Hello, hello. Well, I wanted to get things started today with just reminding everybody that April is Financial Literacy Month, and so welcome to Financial Literacy Month. Well, this is going to be fun. I think it is going to be fun. And anybody who's new to the podcast, today's going to be a great episode because we're going to really talk about like kind of getting back to the basics and figuring out um, how to really get started because we want to kind of start anew in April. But for those people who are new to the podcast and don't know, my partner Sarah Jones is a full-time RVer, and we <laughs> always check in to kind of see where her adventures have taken her and what experiences she's having. So, Sarah, where you be, and what are you up to? Oh, goodness. You know, it's been uh, crazy, and I was reflecting... Um this morning on all the fun things that we've been able to do on our travels. And, you know, we spent a good amount of time in Arizona and I was reflecting on, you know, the Super Bowl uh, was held in Arizona and there was so much to do um, mm. for like celebrity sightseeing and just the experience. Mm. And so we spent some time, um, in Old Town Scottsdale a couple of weeks ago, just going through um, their ESPN experience down there. And I might have been caught live on ESPN. So that was kind of okay. exciting. <laughs> Very cool. Mm-hmm. Just trying to get out and, you know, really experience every place that we are, right? And every place that we travel to. And and while I'm going to say I'm not necessarily a huge football fan, um, just being around people that were really exciting, or really excited about it and seeing all the fun costumes, that was definitely an experience for us. Very cool. <laughs> well... I, I like that. Um, getting out and just experiencing things, you know, uh, really enjoying your, your surroundings. Um, I always appreciate the perspective that you bring. Um, again, if you're new to the, the podcast, uh, I live in the greater Phoenix area full time. Sarah's visiting, but she often points me in the direction of like, hey, go check this, that and the other out that uh, I may have missed, even though I've lived here for the better part of 15 years. <laughs> so I appreciate it as always. <laughs> Let's dive into our topic today. As I said at the top, you know, it's, we're kind of into that spring season. Spring brings upon new things. And so maybe somebody's doing some spring cleaning of their finances. And, and as I said, April is Financial Literacy Month. Many people don't know that. But we want to kind of celebrate that here on the New Money Habits podcast by cleaning it up a little bit, getting back to the mm -hmm. basics, cleaning out the closet, dusting off the shelves, and maybe getting back to um, doing things in a, in a real basic manner. But if you're new, you might not even know what that looks like yet, so you don't know how to get started. And I want to invite people who are not new to like budgeting and managing their money 
to maybe get back to some of the simple things that made you wildly successive, successive, successful. My goodness. <laughs> Anywho. So with that, with that being said, today's all about you and me, Sarah, the two coaches bringing our best advice to new budgeteers or even those older budgeteers who just have to get back to some of the basics. So what do you have for us? What's one of your best pieces of advice for somebody who's starting off? One of my best pieces of advice is to start talking about money. I think that we hold it in so much. We try and kind of hide where we're at, or maybe we kind of hide that, that we don't know what to do or where to start necessarily. You know, it feels a little overwhelming. And my best piece of advice and one that I use even to this day is to talk about it. The more I talk about it, the more I learn, the more I see where I'm at, the more I realize that I'm not going to allow myself to go back to a different way, right? To the way I was before. And so my best piece of advice is start talking about it, whether that be with your spouse, whether it be with a coach, whether it be with your friends, um, just yourself in the mirror, start opening up about it and start saying the words out loud um, and recognizing like, hey, this is really an area that I want to change. So I'm going to start talking about it, which I know is going to be very, very difficult for a lot of people. And I don't take that lightly. Um, but I think it's one of the most powerful steps that we can take. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, talking to a spouse, an accountability partner, a coach, a friend. And then you said even in the mirror. And I will say this, start having conversations with others. Um, start using the words in the mirror. But here's the thing. When we kind of sit in our brain about it or we're sitting alone with it, mm -hmm. there can be like this circular thought process where like mm -hmm. nothing changes, no new ideas come. So you've already taken an important first step. If you're listening to this podcast, you're looking for new ideas. You're, you're listening for a different perspective. But I think it's made better when you start to communicate with other people about what you think um, about managing money, like what you think you might be doing well in that area, what you think you might be struggling with, so that you can then have a conversation and gain perspective around specifics in your financial picture. Um, give you an example. You know, depending on what books you've read, what uh, gurus you listen to, or what have you, you might think a certain thing about the use of credit cards, let's say, right? You might think they're good. You might think they're bad. But again, that thought process is in your own mind. And now it's time to start talking to somebody about, is the use of credit cards good? Is the use of credit cards bad? Is it bad to use a credit card for this? So that you can get feedback and a new perspective on your specific questions and your specific financial picture. Um, I wholeheartedly agree on that. Um, I think it's really important. And I think it's a step that doesn't get talked about very much out in the world, right? Is really talking about money. You know, I want to put in maybe just a little bit of a clarifier 
because I, mm-hmm. when I say in front of the mirror, I just want to put this out there for everybody too, that sometimes it can be really hard to just start talking to other people about it. And when we start saying it out loud in the mirror, it gets us used to saying the words. And I think that's kind of a starting mm-hmm. process. If we have a really difficult time talking about money, um, I think saying it out loud and sometimes it's most comfortable when it's just us, you know, when it's just me starting to voice something where I might not have voiced it in the past. So I think that can help some people to get used to saying the words out loud, but I definitely agree to get out of your own mind, having those conversations out in the world, gaining different perspectives. So you can then see what's going to work best for my situation, right? And mm-hmm. and the only way you know that is if you start having conversations with people. That's right. I'm uh, I'm reminded of a conversation I had recently. <clears throat> excuse me, with a uh, new prospective client, and uh, <clears throat> again, just having the conversation, just opening up about um, their First, the, you know, the, a lot of people will start with kind of like their goals. Like, I, you know, I want to mm-hmm. accomplish this and I want to do that. But it, the conversation quickly shifted into like what she was afraid of. Like mm-hmm. she was fearful she didn't <clears throat> make enough money to cover her expenses. She was fearful that she wasn't going to be able to enjoy her hard-earned money. You know, there, there were these fears that kind of bubbled up. And it was through conversation that she was able to gain new perspective and what was beautiful about the the kind of the culmination of of that first uh, discovery call is she does make more than enough money to cover her expenses and accomplish some of her other financial goals. It's mm-hmm. just that she was kind of mismanaging, mishandling um, some of her her money in a way that. Uh, it was kind of evaporating on her, but by having the conversation, she was able to gain that new perspective. She was able to gain clarity right? and, and clarity is a big one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, understanding your real situation. I'm a huge believer that when we're thinking about our financial situation and it's not on paper in front of us in some way, shape or form, that it is much worse in our head mm. than when we finally put it down on paper. So whether you're dealing with debt or you're fearful that you don't make enough money to pay your basic expenses, once you put it down on paper, typically, not always, but typically you realize, wow, my financial situation is not as bad as I thought it was. It still needs work, but it's not as bad as I thought it was. And that's another good pointer, you know, for people just starting out. Um, Again, it's about getting this out of our head and putting it down on paper. So on top of having conversations, start writing these things down, you know, get it out of your head and start putting it down because you're right. Um, I am the queen at making things way worse than they really are. (laughs) So (laughs) if anybody does it really well, you know, that's me. Um, And I have found that, that, and that's why when we're working with clients, you know, we do write things down. I want to make sure and get it down on paper so you can see it differently than what you've been seeing it in your head. The way you see it in your head versus the way you see it on paper, two very, very different um, um, visions, right? And you get to create that, um, but you need to write it down first. So I love that. Yeah. 
So before I move on to like another good tip, let me just kind of interject here that if you're thinking about, wow, you know, having a conversation would be good and getting it down on paper would be good. I want to remind our listeners, we both offer free discovery sessions. So you visit the show notes, you click on the link, you schedule time with Sarah or myself and take us up on that free discovery session where we're going to learn about where, what your current financial situation is. And more importantly, what you want your financial situation to look like, and it will help you map a path from where you are to where you want to be. So again, I encourage people to do that. So yes, having the conversation, getting the stuff out of your head, getting it out on paper, all good things. I think for me, one of my pieces of advice is that you've got to start thinking differently about money. A lot of us have some stinking thinking about money. For example, one of the things that plagues our culture in the United States is that your value, your worth is somehow tied to your income and your earning potential. And that's just not the case. I work with clients on, from making $20,000 a year, you know, on the verge of poverty, all the way up to clients who are legit millionaires, high income earners in addition to that, and, you know, are, are looking for, um, you know, a better plan for their money. So it doesn't matter where your income is, your value, your worth is not tied to your earning potential. And I, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to kind of pause and let that sink in for a moment. Your value, your worth, not tied to your income or, or earning potential. Wow, I love that. Um, because I know for a long time, I definitely felt that way. You know, I definitely felt, well, I'm not making as much as other people. And so they're better than I am. They deserve these other things, right? And so what it really was creating was it was limiting me and making me feel worse about my situation, right? And so learning to think differently about money. And even on that note too, Nino, I would encourage our listeners to go back um, several episodes, probably several months. And we did uh, an episode kind of on money mindset too. And so learning about, you know, how you view money as well can be a huge benefit when you're starting this new journey out. Um, and what have you learned about money? What things have been kind of ingrained in you that maybe now aren't necessarily true? Maybe you can start to think because now you're on this path, you know, that you want to, to do something different with your money. So go back a couple of months and look up that that episode on money mindset because I think it'll really help um, you to pull out some of these beliefs that you've had that have really been holding you back uh, on your journey. And it goes right along with everything else that we've been saying here and in learning to think differently. Well, how do I do that? There's some good steps in that episode to start thinking about money differently that can really benefit you on your journey going forward. I, yes, I remember that episode, and those were some really good steps. Uh, what other advice would you give somebody who's just starting off? Hmm. You know, this 
I love this one, but this is might be a little bit counterintuitive, but I tell my clients that I want them to put themselves in a position that going backwards is no longer an option. So what does that mean? It means that I look at my situation, you know, when I finally decided that my money situation needed to change, it was my only option is going forward. Backwards is not going to happen. I'm not going to do these things that I've been doing in the past because they haven't been working, right? And so think of this as like the rock bottom, and I'm using air quotes here, right? That, that there's no other place to go. Once you hit rock bottom, that's it. And that's the mindset that I want people to have, Nina, when they start looking at really changing their financial situation is that I there's no backwards for me to go. My only option from this point forward is to go forward, right? And to, to set my focus on what are the changes that I need to make. And I'm certainly not saying that we make all the changes at once, but not giving yourself the option, taking the option off the table to go backwards. Um, and that's a huge mindset shift, but I believe one that's really important for long-term success. I really like that for a couple of reasons. One, you, you said it, like whatever you've been doing obviously hasn't really been working for you. That's why you're looking for a new perspective or you're looking to change something up, right? And that reminds me of that old adage, like if you continue to do the same thing, but you're expecting a different result. That's the definition of an insanity, right? And so to give like a, a solid um, example of what you're talking about, where like you're not going to go backwards. One of the first things I talk to clients about whenever we're, we're looking at like debt elimination. So they're like, you know, I have this debt. I want it out of my life and I'm tired of being bogged down by it. While we can't clear it up instantaneously there is something that we can implement immediately that won't allow you to go backwards and that is no new debt period because what you've been doing got you in the situation that you're in so you need to do something different that something different is we're actually going to save before we spend what you're going to save before you spend? So let me clarify, too, because when I say no new debt, that doesn't mean you're going to hear other people in, in the financial guru industry tell you, like, you have to close all your credit cards and you got to get rid of all. And, and that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is no new debt. So we're not going to open up a new line. We're not going to continue to charge the credit card without a plan. But that doesn't mean that if you plan it, I have plenty of clients who are in the debt elimination process and they still want to take like a family vacation. So we work on it and we work their plan and we figure out how we're going to save up the money and we save the money up and we have it in a separate savings account and we have the cash on hand. Then they actually use the credit card to pay for the expenses like airfare and lodging and those things. But then when they come back, they have all the money that they've budgeted to pay that that off. So when I say no new debt, I just mean that. I mean, let's not continue to go down the road of new debt. Let's st put a stop to that. To your point, say, I am not going backwards because mm -hmm. going further and further in debt is going backwards. So I have a new habit. I 
I save up and then I spend, even if I'm still putting it on a credit card first, but I then I have the money to make the credit card payment in full and take care of the entire uh, uh, list of expenses in one foul swoop. Mm. I love that. And, you know, it's so interesting as I'm listening to, you know, our conversation here, it leads me right back to the first thing that you said, which you're really thinking about money differently. And you're thinking about money differently in every single area of money. And this is, that was a great example of um, just that, right? Saving beforehand, right? So now you're thinking of money differently. You're not putting off the trip necessarily, right? You're not saying I can't do it. Yeah, I'm still going to go, but this is how I'm going to do it differently, right? So you're thinking about money. You're thinking about how you're going to make this happen in a different way. So I love that a lot of this definitely comes full circle, right? That that yeah. they're all so intertwined and intermingled. Um, our, our money journey is so much more than just the dollars and cents. Oh, for sure. And it, I mean, it even goes back to your point about having conversations, right? Like to have conversations and to gain new perspective, you have to be thinking about the example I gave earlier, asking questions about your own thing. Like, okay, normally I take a family vacation and I usually put it on the credit card and then I use my tax return to pay it off. Like, is that a good plan? No, it's not a good plan, right? You start the conversation you, you get it to be specific about your situation. And it's all like, no, that's not a great plan. You know, it's fine. It's probably working for you. I wonder how many times you actually pay off the credit card and how much interest you've been charged in the meantime and all those things. But no, it's not a good plan. And here's why. And here's a better plan. And let's work it and, and you know, do those things. Because here's the other thing. And, and I don't want to get off on this tangent. But if you have enough money coming back to you as a refund from the government, to pay mm -hmm. off a $5,000 trip, it also means that you gave them $5,000 of your money interest-free throughout the year, and you could have used that $5,000 bringing it home, putting it in a savings account to then save up for your vacation instead of doing this thing backwards. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Thinking differently about it, having conversations about it, leading to new perspective, two really good points. Um, and as we're thinking about things differently, as we're thinking about money differently, here's another one that I'm noticing more and more as I take on, as I speak to new potential clients. This one is, it's, it's really, it's different over the last 10 years. 10 years ago, I could have sat down with a client and I could have said this and, and most of them were like, okay, like, sure. Now they're getting younger and they're, and they're, they're looking for even more conveniences. So what I tell people to use cash, mm. oh, I'm, I'm hit with like all sorts of, wait, 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 what is that? What is cash? What are you talking about? And I'm like, yeah, you know those green bills that have like dead president's <laughs> faces on them? Yeah, that's called currency. And we usually used, we used to use that in exchange for goods and services. I know you have no idea what I'm talking about, you youngsters. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm kidding, but I'm not. I've, I've mm -hmm. quite literally had conversations recently where we're not even talking about debit and credit cards anymore. We're talking yeah. about the phone. I can just tap my phone at checkout because it has a digital wallet on it, or I order everything off of Amazon. So how do I, how do I use cash when 
I, I exclusively purchased everything from Amazon. I have totally gotten off on a tangent. The point is supposed to be, as we're thinking about money differently, we should be using cash as often as we can early on in our new money habits. Mm. And I'm going to continue on that tangent just a little bit because I want <laughs> listeners to know why it's so important. I believe it's important because it's tangible. It's something that you actually see. We don't see it when our debit cards hit the, the scanners. We don't see it when our credit cards get swiped. We definitely don't see it when we hit our phone and tap. I, I don't even know how to do that. I mean, let's just be honest. I, I don't know how all that works. Um, I'm not that old, but can I use cash? You know, there's so many additional benefits to cash. And I tell you, I hear all the excuses in the world. I mean, some that... I'm like, you had to work really hard to come up with that excuse to get out of using cash. Like that was, sometimes the excuses are pretty impressive. The amount of work that people go to to come up with the reason to not use it. But it's so important and it doesn't have to be for everything. You know, I, I'm sure, you know, you're not saying use cash for everything, but I think that there's, there are so many places that we can use cash in that will help us get where we want to go. Again, this is about thinking about money differently. It's about doing things differently. If you've never used cash before, then this is a new tool for you to use, right? So you're pulling out your toolbox. This is a new tool to use on your money journey to get you a different result. It will net a different result in so many areas. So cash, I just want to put a big gold star on cash. Please use it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll dig a little bit deeper into this example, just so like it, it is crystal clear. So um, I was having a session, uh, the initial session with uh, somebody in their mid to late 20s, right? And so we're talking about cash at the grocery store. And the she was receptive to that idea. Um, but I, one of the things that I always talk about when implementing cash for going to the grocery store for a bunch of reasons, which I will not get into on this particular episode. But when you, I, I say, when you go to the store with your cash, I want you to leave the debit card at home. Mm. She's like, that's going to be hard because I don't even use my debit card. I use my phone. And it introduced this new, she wasn't saying like, look, I'm going to end up using it anyway. But, but because because my coaching is, is focused on like your behavior and what and, and the habit that you're going to form. One of the habits I want people to form is I, I want you to leave the debit card at home because then you are 100% reliant on the cash, right? That's mm -hmm. the habit. I'm Because if you're completely re reliant on the cash, then you simply cannot overspend. It's not possible. You're either going to have to put things back or you're going to be tallying things as you're putting them in the cart and you're going to make sure that you stay within your budget. When you have the debit card with you, and in this case, when you have your phone with you, if you overspend, you can kind of, it's your safety net and you're like, well, it's only $7. I'm going to swipe my debit card or in this case, tap my phone. So we, we just had to have a conversation about like, you still have to kind of adhere to this pretend like, your phone isn't going to save you, right? Like you don't have it, just act as if, right? So because there are studies, studies done by people far smarter than I am that show us how we behave 
when we spend in cash versus how we behave when we spend with a debit or credit card. And so if you're new to the, the podcast, if you're new to this idea, you might not know this, but there are studies that show a couple of different things. One, you are likely to spend anywhere between 10 and 40% more when you know that you're going to be you're, you're going to swipe the, the card instead of using cash. And so with this client, I sat down with, I gave her this analogy. I said, imagine yourself at your favorite fast food restaurant. For me, that's one of my favorite is Panda Express. And if I'm standing in line at Panda Express or I'm in the drive-thru, and if I have a $10 bill on me, and I know that that's the, that's the money that I want to use, the way I order is going to be significantly different than if I was ordering with a debit or a credit card. And that's just human behavior, right? Or the other way I like to do this sometimes is like you have a 20 and you have a $100 bill. So you have $120 on you and you're going to go to eat. Most people don't want to break the 100. So they're <laughs> going to find a way to keep their spending under 20 because mm -hmm. they don't want to to break the bigger bill. So that's one way that we behave differently. The other is something you kind of mentioned earlier, Sarah, that I want to circle back to. And that is like, how does it register with us mentally and physically when you swipe a card, tap um, your phone or hit um, like the, the pay now button online, that transaction doesn't really register the same way as it does when you are exchanging cash with somebody. We, we have a physiological response, a, a stronger physiological response to spending money than we do spending digits out of our bank account via a debit, credit card, online, or through our phone. It's true. It's true, and I'm glad that you, um, you know, mentioned this and went a little bit deeper because um, one thing, you know, I love that, leave the debit card at home. And I don't want to make this whole podcast about using cash, but, you know, if you use your phone, unlink it. You can unlink those apps from your phone, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's about taking away the distractions. And this is, you know, another good point, you know, for new um, budgeteers, right? Remove some of the distractions in your life. You know you best, right? So start to remove some of those distractions. What are they? Um, is it, you know, I always run by the same gas station on my way to work in the morning. Well, then take a different route, right? Plan your route differently so you're not going by the same gas station. Um, you know, if take some time to plan out your meals through the week so you've got some leftovers to take for lunch. You know, there it's about viewing your whole situation differently, but removing those distractions, removing the things that are pulling you away from your goals, right? And implement the things that are helping you get to where you want to go. So really looking at those distractions and, um, you know, if using your phone to pay for everything is really convenient, maybe convenience isn't what you need right now. Maybe you need some good, hard discipline. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because as you, you're saying, like, unlink it, I, the thought came to mind to say the same thing, right? Like, just, just delete it from your digital wallet, and it's not even a thing. Um, so, and to your point, to implement 
new behaviors, new habits <clears throat> that are going to be um, kinder to your, your financial <laughs> situation. Mm -hmm. I wanted to also comment on the word convenience because the truth of the matter is when you, when something is convenient, you are paying extra for that. Mm. Let me make that absolutely clear. When something is convenient, you are paying an upcharge for that. And that can show up in a no number of different ways. Whether that means walking into a convenience store or like a uh, corner drugstore because it's not the because the building is not as big and you can get to your your um, bottle of soda quicker, your 16 ounce bottle of soda quicker, you are paying sometimes double what it would be to go and purchase that same item at a grocery store, which is a little less convenient. So sometimes the convenience is, you know, how easy I can get to it. You know, mm -hmm. the convenience of having something delivered to your house versus going and picking it up. I'm a, I'm a big pizza fan of a national chain that does not sponsor the New Money Habits podcast, but I'll name them by name. For whatever reason, I like Domino's, didn't once upon a time, do now, don't come at me about it, right? But they have the $7.99 <laughs> large pizza carryout deal. That same pizza, if I have it delivered, is $12.99. You are paying for convenience. And one of my other ones, and I'll make this the last example, but one of my other ones that drives me nuts is when, like, so we can either buy, like, a bag of chips, right, and, and, and take and portion them out for the kids' for the kids mm -hmm. lunches, or we can buy that box that has them pre-individually packaged. You are paying for the convenience of packaging, and I cannot stand paying for packaging. It's the same thing between like a two-liter <laughs> bottle of soda and the, the pack of 12 cans. You're paying for packaging and the convenience of it being individualized. I don't like it. I will I will serve it out individually myself. Thank you very much. So trust when I say you are paying for conveniences. When you think, oh, that's mm -hmm. really convenient, you paid for that. Mm -hmm. Or you paid and more I wanna... for that. Right, right. And you know, and I'll just say, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that conveniences are bad, but we need to be aware of what they are, right? Just call it by name and be aware of the, you know, the, the effects of that, right? And so I don't think conveniences are bad. If some of them might make your life easier, that's fine. If it allows you to do other things, it allows you to spend some more time with your family and family time is important. That's fine. But call it out, recognize what it is, right? Mm -hmm. Recognize how it impacts you. That's, I think, what, what, at least what I'm saying, and I think that's what you're saying too, Nino, is that really be aware of what your choices, what the effects of your choices are on your overall situation. That's a really good way of putting it. Understand what the effects of your choices are. I'm not saying you can't, mm -hmm. you know, do things that are convenient, um, but I think sometimes we lose sight of there was a cost mm -hmm. to that, right? And mm -hmm. are you cool with that cost? If you're cool with that cost, that's, you know, that, yeah. Whether you're allowed to or not, not the point. Being mindful and understanding impact is the point. So thank you for that clarification because uh, it's an important one.
Mm-hmm. You know, I might um, <clears throat> sidetrack here back to our list of, you know, important things for, for new budgeteers mm-hmm. um, to look at. And I think it goes along with what we're talking about, but I like to have um, all new clients kind of take a look and recognize what you're really good at and what maybe you're not so good at. And so think of, um, you know, some different areas, like, are you really good at um, creating? Some people like to call it, um, you know, making money. I call it creating money. Um, are you good at managing it or organizing it? Um, do you need some work in the saving and the investing department, right? But re- um, what about, you know, giving, right? Spending, mm. but recognize where are your strengths and where are the areas that you can learn in. And I think this is really important because I believe that when we start to do stuff different with our money, it can feel very overwhelming because we don't know exactly where to start. And we always say, you know, a plan we need to have, you need to have your written money plan in place. Most people call that a budget, um, you know, call it your, your money plan, but knowing where your strengths are and if, especially if you are married, right? What are the strengths of your partner and use those strengths together, but recognize what it is, where are you really good and where are you not so good and use those to your benefit. And then you can direct your learning, right? To the areas that you might need a little bit of help in. Um, but recognizing, am I good or not good in creating money, managing, spending, investing, giving, saving, um, and then break it down from there. Yeah, I like that, right? Because you certainly, everyone listening to this podcast right now, you have skills and abilities, you have strengths, and there are areas of your financial situation that you probably do have a good handle on and good control over. And so you're just looking for perspective on those areas. As Sarah points out that, you know, it's like, hmm, I'm, maybe I'm not investing as much as I want to in like into my retirement, or maybe I have kids and I would really like to help them pay for college, but I'm just, I haven't been able to start that process yet or whatever. So it's really just finding those areas that uh, you're looking to get a handle on. You know, one of uh, one of my clients that I've been working with for a while um, and, and who doesn't make a ton of money, she was really surprised to figure out once we put everything down on paper that she made more than enough to pay her, her bills and then some. And so she had gotten behind on some bills. And, and when I, so one of the things I recognized about her quickly is she had one of the highest levels of discipline when she knew what to do. So as soon as she mm. knew what to do, as soon as you told her, like, here's the plan and here's what to do, her discipline was unlike any other client I had seen where it's like, I, I, I when I do the check-in, uh, when we meet the next time and it's all like, so how did it go? She's like, it went exactly as we, we said it would. And I'm like, you didn't have anything kind of get in the way, come up. And she's like, nope. Like, she was the most disciplined. So then how is it that she came to me in the first place behind on some of her bills um, with with some credit charge-offs and those types of things? And it's just because she didn't have the guidance as to mm. what to do, when to do it, why to do it. And when we talked about the what, when, and why, she's all like, oh, okay, like that's the plan. And then she went and executed like none other. 
I love hearing these. It, uh, I think it makes us proud as coaches to see people really just jump on things and, and know that seeing the change that it creates in people, right? Seeing the change in their lives um, because they just needed that little bit of direction. And I want to make this very clear that this is not about judgment. Nino and I are not here to judge anybody, that this is really about providing some direction for you based on where you want to go, right? And, and how powerful that can be to bring in a little bit of direction in an area where we don't necessarily, I didn't always know where I wanted to go. I didn't know how to start, but I, I started talking to people. Right. And I started mm-hmm. really branching out and saying, okay, listen, I'm not good in this area. Like there, I have some strengths here, but my strengths are, are not being utilized because I don't know exactly where to start. I need that direction. Right. Where do I start? And, you know, I'm sure you, you've seen it with so many clients, right? Just that little bit of direction and help pulling some of their strengths out, how their life changes in a relatively short amount of time because it brings in confidence where they haven't had it for a very long time, right? It gets rid of some of the stress and the frustration where they have been just overwhelmed with, you know, those before. But if we, when you start to release some of that stuff, you start to see your situation from a different perspective and a different light. And as you said in the beginning, it, it probably isn't as bad as what it feels like right now. Um, and that's just what a powerful thing to experience. Yep. I have this uh, quirky little saying that I, I've used for a while, and that's whether you make $10,000 a year or $100,000 a year, you when you m- manage money well, you'll always feel like you have more than enough. So mm-hmm. it's really, it, it's not about like, how much you're making it's how you manage what you are making that Mm -hmm. uh really kind of sets the tone and is different um i also want to just kind of stress the point too that um as we've talked about this you know talking about it um talking about it with the people around you are all important things thinking about money is different thinking about money differently is important um i really want to reiterate don't do it alone. There's no reason to go about this on your own, um, isolated. There, you know, whether you're sitting down with a spouse, with a friend, uh, heck, with a colleague. You know, I started my financial coaching uh, practice because I was telling people um, about all the stuff that I was learning in back when I was uh, still in the workplace, and 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 they're like do you think you could teach me? And I was like, yeah, let's sit down and do it. And so I, I coached colleagues at first. So heck, find a colleague who uh, you trust and have these conversations with, but you don't need to do it alone. You should have an accountability partner. I think the best accountability partner you can get is either Sarah Jones or myself or any one of the new money habits coaches, but I might be a little bit biased. <laughs> I might have, um, I might have blinders on, but uh you know, don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. Sometimes blinders aren't a bad thing. You know, I kind of call them guardrails, right? What do I need to do to make sure that my focus is forward, that I don't get derailed? And you know what? I'm going to put the plug in a second time that I believe 
guys, you need to reach out. Nino and I are here to help you. And really the, one of the best things I ever did was reach out and ask for help. Truly changed my life and the trajectory of not only my marriage, my personal life, my children, everything has changed because I did it scared and I did it um, when I wasn't quite sure, but I knew I didn't want to stay where I was at. Um, and so reach out. I promise you, your life will change even after one conversation. Absolutely. On that note, I'm going to invite all of our listeners to take a moment, go into our uh, show notes and schedule time with Sarah or myself. And I'm going to invite you all back to come back next week. Um, we always continue the conversation, but again, it's financial literacy month. Mm. So this is a great time to kind of engage and get into a habit of listening to us weekly, talk about things that others uh, don't talk about because it's usually taboo. So we'll invite you to come back and listen to us again next week as we continue the conversation next time. Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.